Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. How would you complete this sentence? I am so thankful that. How would you finish it? Let me share with you how I would. I am so thankful that I have been forgiven. It is only because a person has experienced forgiveness from God that that person can be reconciled with God. It is through forgiveness that we have a kingdom hope. Through forgiveness, we begin our eternal relationship with Almighty God. So I hope that you would agree with me. One of the best ways to finish that sentence is to say, I am so thankful that I am forgiven, forgiven of all of my sin, all of my iniquity, all of my transgressions, that there's nothing between God and me. I can experience him, I can know him, and I have the distinct honor of serving him, being his servant, and calling him not just Savior, but acknowledging him as the Lord of my life. Take out your Bibles and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 85. The book of Psalms and Psalm 85. Now, as I studied this Psalm in preparation for what I'm sharing with you now, I was was taken back by how theological this Psalm is. In other words, we learn many of the basic principles of our faith. We understand, and theology is simply a study of God, we learn a great deal about God in this psalm. What's important to him, how he functions with his people, and the expectations that we should have. So let's begin, as I said, the book of Psalms, And Psalm 85, it begins with, again, that inscription to the chief choir director, to that chief musician, the one that is leading worship. And then it says, who is the author? The sons of Korach, and then finally, Mizmor, which is the most common word for a psalm. Next verse. Literally, verse 2 in Hebrew, probably the first verse in many of your Bibles, where it says, You, O Lord, have desired. Now, this word, retzita, is a word for wanting. And it speaks about that which the Lord wants, and whatever he wants, it is a good thing, it is a right thing. And what is it that is being emphasized first and foremost? Well, let's look carefully. It says, Ratzita Hashem Artsecha. You, O Lord, 
have desired, you have wanted your land. Now, why is that? And obviously, we're talking about the land of Israel. Let's say that a different way. The land of promise. God, and this is very important and it's foundational when you read the first part of the Bible. God has sanctified the land. What does that mean? He has a purpose with that land. And that purpose is inherently tied to the the will of God and the kingdom outcome that God is going to bring about. So look again. You have wanted, O Lord, your land. Now, why does he want the land? Well, that land has been set aside for the sons of Jacob. And that's why it says, you have brought back the captivity of Yaakov of Jacob. Now, notice this. We see that God desires the land. He has a want in regard to it. And that would be that Jacob, and we're speaking here about Israel, the Jewish people, that they would be brought back out of captivity back to the land. Why? Because just like the land is inherently related to the purpose of God, so too are the children of Israel, the Jewish people. And if we ignore that, if we forget that, we're not going to have the mindset that we need to have in regard to the plan of God. Move on, next verse. Now, he wants the people in the land, but he wants them to be a holy people. As he sanctified the land, he wants to sanctify them. And therefore, to do so, he's going to do something. It says in the next verse, And you have lifted up the iniquity of your people. Now, that lifted up is simply the literal way of saying what this phrase intends. And that is, you have taken away the iniquity of your people. Now, notice It is only because of what God has done that these people can be the people of God. Ultimately, God's people are those people who have experienced forgiveness, that he has taken away their iniquity. And also, you have covered up all their transgressions, Selah. Now, I've mentioned that that term Selah is a term of affirmation, and of great emotion and intensity. God, you have covered up all the sin of your people. Now, what's important about that covered, meaning hidden and in one sense, a covering is not eradicating, but based upon the parallelism, here it simply means that sin is no longer a, a barrier. It has been dealt with dealt with covered up and the implication is as we saw in the first part removed taken away now look at the next verse because of this forgiveness because of this redemption and that's what really eradicates and does away with the problem of sin that every human being is born with notice it says 
you have gathered and all of this is addressed to god you have gathered all your wrath now for those who are in a new covenant relationship we have promises in the old promises in the new we are not going to experience at all any of god's wrath so it says you have gathered up all your wrath and you have caused to return meaning you have withdrawn it you have brought it back the the anger and this is a word for intense anger no longer is that going to be placed upon the people there's a change why is that change as we know it is messiah who did that change made this a possibility look now to verse 5 in the hebrew text verse 4 and others it's a word of returning we could translate this restore us return us and what it means is this bring us back into that right relationship with you restore us the god of our salvation now notice there is no restoration without salvation and that's why messiah's name is yeshua because this relates to him being savior doing that work of saving bringing about that restoration so again restore us O god of our salvation and the next part is to mean make void and he will make will make void your anger that is with us so with this forgiveness god is going to make void meaning he is going to render powerless change eliminate however you want to understand it god is going to work so that his anger is not going to be with us it is going to lose any authority is god righteous yes he's righteous so shouldn't he punish sin but his work of redemption allows that those who are sinners to be forgiven for those who are separated from god to be restored to him and because of that we can expect salvation and remember salvation is a word of victory so god has made void this this anger your anger with your people next verse here he says now this is what he's praying for this is what he knows that god is going to do but has this been experienced by them no remember this is a psalm written long before messiah's incarnation and the work on the cross so he says how leolam leolam means forever that ha is the interrogative which means it's a question so we could translate it will you be forever angry with us will your anger continue from generation to generation now what the author is saying these sons of korach is that we should expect a change god is not going to be angry forever so even though it asks the question we know that his anger is not going to continue 
for generation to generation. It is going to be eliminated, removed. Why? Because of the work of Messiah. Next verse. Says here, Halo ata tashuf. Halo surely. It is another word of affirming something. Surely you have restored. You have brought us back. And because of that restoration, it also says, you will make a life. That is a word of of sustenance. You will sustain our lives. That's literally what it says. But realize the order. First comes this restoration to him. And then we can have that life. And then it says, and your people, they will rejoice in you. Here again, a big deal, that last phrase, in you. As I said last week, that term in you, points to a covenant it is only because of this covenant that messiah established and established it with his blood only then can we have these benefits and have these assurance so notice it is this restoration that leads to being made alive a new life that is going to bring about your people meaning the people who have received this they are going to be rejoicing it's a word for gladness your people they will be glad in you next verse now again i mentioned as we begin this psalm has some theological uh uh, desires theological purposes theological revelation for us and we see it we have been but we see it so clear in this next verse look at verse 8 in hebrews 7 and others the psalmist is saying show us O lord your grace and your salvation you will give to us now what do we learn theologically about this well when we look at the parallelism we see that your grace is connected to your salvation so grace is needed for salvation so when you look at this psalm and you analyze it based upon the laws of hebrew poetry and understand parallelism you see that there is a direct relationship between grace and salvation it is god's grace yours grace O god that makes your salvation that is makes us to be saved by you so look again show me O lord your grace and your salvation you will give to us notice that there's a relationship between giving and showing us so the part that says you will give to us this is parallel with the beginning part show us and then who's being addressed O lord next verse i will hear and this is a word remember that that demands a response a a faithful response an obedient response he says i will hear what god will speak what god the lord god 
I'm going to listen. Now, again, we see theological truth. Why? Well, God saves. He saves by grace. And this grace is going to cause us to want to hear God. And this is what we're learning from the psalm. Salvation gives us the capacity and the desire. Both of these things. So important that you see that. Through salvation, we are given the capacity to hear God and the desire to hear God. And that's why the order is so important where he says, verse 9 in Hebrew, 8 and others, I will hear what God, the God, speaks, will speak, O Lord. For he will speak shalom to his people and to his chasidav, a word for those who have received grace. So we see a connection here between God speaking shalom. What's that? Shalom, don't make the mistake saying peace, but understand the biblical peace. It's related to the fulfillment of the will of God. So what he's saying here is this. When we look at the connection, we get grace, Grace saves us. Grace gives us a new life. And grace also, because of this salvation, causes us to be glad in our relationship with God. And then it tells us again, grace, it saves us. We learn that. But grace also gives us the desire and the ability to hear from God, the God, our Lord. And he will speak peace, meaning he is going to speak how we can fulfill his will. He's going to be speaking peace to his people. Who's his people? Those who have received grace. Now, it's only when you look at it in the original language that you see. He's speaking about those who, we use the term chasidim. Well, these are the ones who have received grace because the word chasid comes from the word chesed, which is grace in Hebrew. So, he will speak shalom, how to fulfill his will, to his people, those who have been recipients of his grace. And notice what else he says. And do not return. Don't be restored to what? For foolishness. Now, what this is saying is this. God doesn't do the work of restoration so that we can go back to a foolish way of living. And here's the problem. Too many times people make a profession of faith, but they really don't understand what they're professing, and they don't have the right reason for making such a profession. Now, what am I talking about? I hear so much today that come to Messiah, accept him as your savior because he will change your life. But here's the problem. When that gospel is presented, it is not presented as a changed life of holiness and righteousness and being in the will of God, both located and doing his will being committed to his purpose, wanting to fulfill his will. That's that's what's being told. What's being told is this. Come to God, 
he's going to solve your problems he is going to make life so wonderful you for you you are going to be successful you are going to fulfill those dreams that you have been dreaming about for years and the the enemy has just kept you away from you're going to take hold of your destiny all of that is a lie because dreams and destiny all too often for people are rooted in their own carnal desires what they want from a unredemptive point of view a non-regenerated point of view this is what they they seek and they just think god if i say a few words if i walk that aisle if i get immersed if i write a check now and then if i go to service then god's going to do all these things for me god has an entirely different purpose for saying saving you to keep you away from your will and in his will but this gets lost so frequently look on he says do not return they shall not return to foolishness and that's probably a better way to say it those who are truly saved they are not going to return to foolishness next verse verse 10 in hebrew 9 and others for close to those who fear him is his salvation he will save so those who fear god what does that mean those who make god the priority of their life god is going to save god is going to give to them his salvation so if god's not the priority if you've come to him for some other reason god i have problems i need a helper and i'll let you be my helper i need a financier someone to to pay my bills i'm struggling with that so god i'm coming to you for you to do that so frequently what we hear is not preaching of god's word but manipulation spiritual manipulation to get people to do something that they don't really understand what they're doing and this psalm is speaking strongly against that look at the last part of our verse where it says lishkon kavod be'artsenu to cause to dwell glory in our land now i've talked about parallelism notice here what is parallel with glory what's parallel is yish'ol that is his salvation him doing the work of salvation so that glory his glory can be seen in his land now glory is the outcome of righteousness glory is seen when righteousness is done glory is related to his presence so when we do righteousness it is an invitation for the presence of god to be here but when we are doing unrighteousness it is saying god move aside we 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 don't want you here you're not welcome here unrighteousness says no to god unrighteousness pushes god's away push god away righteousness invites him so look again for close to the ones who fear him is his salvation to dwell glory in our land and then look at the next verse 
wonderful verse where it says again and this word's been repeated over and over chesed that is grace chesed and emmet they meet so you have truth and grace they meet and what's the outcome of that well keep reading righteousness and shalom that is peace but peace in the sense righteousness and the fulfillment of god's will they meet and what do they do it's a word of kissing now understand that this word kissing in the bit bible is not so much in regard to a husband and wife but it's a a token of love and friendship and it's related to to worship let me give an example in psalm 2 it speaks about and we study this where it says nashku bar and nashku bar can be translated worship the son meaning the son of god messiah but nashku bar oftentimes because bar in aramaic means son bar in hebrew means purity that which is natural and according to god's intent that which has not been polluted that which has not been corrupted by sin so when it says nashku bar it means worship in purity and the point is that this word in this context tells us that there's a relationship between righteousness and righteousness being fulfilled sedek and shalom it tells us that when that happens when there is righteousness and god's will is fulfilled what's the outcome worship they are worshiping verse 12 truth from the land will sprout forth now this word for sprouting forth is a a dramatic word a demonstrative word it says that truth in the land or literally from the land is going to spring forth and righteousness from heaven will be seen now notice something very important in this if you look at this verse notice truth from where the land sometimes that word land has to do with the earth and the reason why i would translate it that way in this context is parallelism because it says righteousness from heaven so we see that from the earth and from heaven are parallel we see that truth is also parallel to righteousness and then we see this springing forth as being revealed so these things sprang forth and being seen well when something springs forth it's able to be seen when something is is righteous well it's based upon the truth and we see obviously the connection between the earth and the heavens going back to creation and what god is saying here is that he's going to bring about a change in his creation that's what reconciliation is about we are reconciled with god in order that we be changed that we be transformed and that transformation is going to bring about righteousness which will manifest god's glory which is going to lead to worship 
this is the theological truth that we're seeing in this passage look at verse 13 13 in the hebrew text 12 and others also the lord he will give the good the good things is the implication that's what god does god gives the good and we see that the good is specific the good according to what god says is good and our land do you see something that land is being spoken of frequently and our land will give its its produce its yield so notice one of the things we see prophetically i realize this is the book of psalms but there's much prophecy in the book of psalms but we see something we see when god is pleased with his people there's a change in the land the land is fruitful in fact exceedingly fruitful when god is not pleased with the people the land does not give its produce there is a famine there is a drought there is not a good harvest finally last verse righteousness before him will go so god if we want to experience him righteousness is the key righteousness goes before god live righteously you experience god and he will set on the way your steps so notice when we are committed to righteousness and when god comes before us when we experience him righteousness brings about god's presence righteousness brings about godly activity in our life and what's he going to do he is going to order our steps literally he will set set his steps this one who is is righteous he will set his steps upon the way what does that mean that god is going to direct us god is going to lead us god is going to bring us into his will so that we can do his purpose that glory can be manifested others see that they worship and we see and experience the kingdom of god all of these things that we are being taught about in this psalm we are being taught about the kingdom truth how we who are sinful how we can be changed so that we can have that kingdom hope a sure kingdom hope whereby we will see and experience the kingdom and that experience won't be temporary it will be for eternity and that's why i am so glad that i have been forgiven forgiven by his grace through the shedding of his blood so that i can experience that eternal redemption which positions me in that kingdom promise well i'll close with that until next time shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org again to find out more about us please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. 
Shalom from Israel.